You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. I'm Chris. Chris, what do we talk about on this bullshit show? We talk about relationships. Like love. Sex. Butt stuff. Rock and roll. Anal. All of it. Beads. Yeah. Wieners. Yeah. Love. (laughs) Death. Family. (laughs) Kids. Friends. We talk about all of it, all relationships, whether it is a paternal relationship or an intimate relationship or a friendship. So there, there are different stages of attractive in a woman, right? There's cute. Yeah. There's adorable, which is like super cute. There's attractive. There's hot. And then there's fucking hot, right? Where does sexy fall in there? And so, uh, hot. Don't sexy and hot, that's a synonym for hot. I don't think they're the same, though. No, they are. Okay. So, any which way. So, I was thinking about the name Emily, because you and I were having a conversation earlier today. And Emily, it's the name of a cute girl. Emily's a cute name. I don't know what she looks like, but with a name like Emily, I have a very cute image in my head. Like, when I was a kid, I had a crush on this girl named Meredith. Meredith was a cute girl. She wasn't hot. She wasn't fucking hot, but she was cute. And I like cute. I find that at the end of the day, I would rather be with cute than with hot because hot is troublesome. Fucking hot is generally crazy. But my point is, Emily, I already have a psychiatrist. I don't need one. All right. I'm not fucking damaged. (laughs) I mean, you are. Uh, Shut up. Okay, I am. But the point is, is that I'm sure she's an adorable, at least cute, probably adorable if she's a friend of yours. But I I don't need psychiatric assistance beyond what I'm already receiving. Thank you very much. So she's a she's a former uh, co-worker of mine. And like, so it was weird when I met her, I had already been at uh, the car place that I was at for six months. I'd never seen her. Apparently, like a week before I started, she left to go on maternity leave. So, oh, you didn't see her when she was at her hottest. So she because pregnant chicks are hot. She came in like she was having, I guess, a rough time with her pregnancy right mm. out of the gate. Yeah, and uh, the baby daddy was like, "Just don't go into work," because he was a car guy there uh, that was making good money. So she didn't need to. Okay, whatever. So um, she comes in. She was fucking super pregnant. And the girl weighs like 40 pounds soaking wet. So she had like a basketball shoved in her shirt is what mm. it looked like. It was pretty funny. Is her is her baby daddy huge? Is he like a monster of a man? No. He's, hmm. he's about my height. He's a uh, so he's a, he's gotcha. huskier than I am. Gotcha. Sure. Um, he might even be like an inch shorter than me or something. But yeah. Uh, she was very very nice and cody hit her with one of the funniest lines ever because she was doing bdc training she came back and worked for like three or four days or something and she was like teaching everybody how to be good on the phones and like anytime i go up and somebody's like doing something i don't pull up a chair i'll like take a knee by their desk and cody's like oh already on your knee for this one and i was like god no and she was like what's wrong with me and uh cody's like you're not good enough for him. <laughs> it was incredible. Uh, pretty funny shit. I like watching women masturbate, Emily. I don't know what to tell you. I don't think it stems from that psychosis, but maybe it does. Maybe no. you, you know. You know what? I'm not ashamed of, that I like what I like. So 
that's not a psychosis, by the way. Yeah, no, but seeing your mom masturbate and then being Can obsessed with men and masturbate. Yeah, no, I I get her point, and it pisses me off because she's right. That's the thing. That's the thing. They say the truth hurts because it's fucking true. I I don't want to know things. We've talked about that countless times on the goddamn show. I don't want to know. I don't need to know. But what are we talking about tonight, Chris, that is important to you? Keeping the lines of communication open. Keeping the lines of communication open. So basically not shutting down on your partner. Yeah, all the time. And it's it's so easy to do because you'll get caught up in real life and you're like, oh, I just need to take a minute and chill or whatever. Right. And a minute to chill becomes, oh, you stop working on things. And that gets to be a very, very dangerous thing very quickly because if you're not working on things, things are progressively getting worse. Right. Um, and it, you might not even know it. So that's a that's a bizarre and scary thing. Right. I'm not I'm not good at a lot of things in life, but self indulgence and quitting are two things that I excel at. And I will often be in an argument. Uh, with my wife. This is not arguments that I have with my friends about politics or, you know, games or whatever, or what shows good or what not, what's not good, but actual conversations that I have with my wife about things. And oftentimes I admit that I will just give up on the conversation, just give up on the argument. I, I have found myself recently walking away from arguments and I'm like, I know that this has to play out. Like, I know it has to right. in order to get past it. And I just haven't felt like dealing with it, or I didn't. And uh, it was one of those things that, like, we, her and I were arguing about something or another, and I was just like, I'm not fucking doing this argument. I'll walk away. So I start walking away, and she's like, this is bullshit. She's like, you are not solving anything. Right. And I'm like, oh, you mean I get to fix it now, which is what you're not supposed to try to do. Right. Yeah. Because when because because women just, you know, they just go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. (laughs) (laughs) But you're not but you're supposed to listen. You have to listen so that they can get get their piece and get it off. Because they're venting. And And I get that. But you're not supposed to just jump in and immediately start dropping solutions on them because then then people don't feel like they've been listened to. I haven't been heard. Exactly. Exactly. I'm so bad about all of that, though. Because you present me with a problem, and I'm like, okay, here's some solutions. Let's go. Right. Um, and she's like, no, no. Blah, blah, blah. Restates the problem, and then begins to go on a tangent about it. And I'm like, why Why are we doing this? Right. Because you just want to say, you know, and, and, and again, this is one of those bitter pills to swallow. The, but the truth of the matter is, is that you just want to say, do you want a bitch or do you want a solution? I mean, I'll, I'll, I will provide either. If you want me to listen to you fucking complain about this incessantly, I'll do that. If you want me to provide solutions, I'll do that too. Did that sound bitter? It did a little <laughs> bit. If you just want a fucking bitch. <laughs> but my point is, it's true, is that I, I just I just need to know. Is this a solution conversation yeah, what, or is this a venting conversation? What is happening right I just, now? I just need to know. I'm not a smart person and I need, I need shit spelled out for me. I need a roadmap. 
you need the roadmap to success there. But here's the thing. So no matter what you do there, it's basically damned if you do or damned if you don't. So you have to effectively navigate it when you have no idea how to do so. That's so scary. It's so daunting. Like you take on this task and you're like, oh, man, oh, man. Uh, do I do I try to like say something here? What do I say that's appropriate? Oh wait, I'm not supposed to say that because now I'm getting yelled at again. Um, it's it's fucking unreal. It's yeah. it's unruly. Well, and I, I've said this before on the show, but I think it's something that is important to address again. One argument that my wife and I got into that I, I that still resonates with me pretty significantly is my wife gets upset when she thinks I'm not listening, which very common, but here's the issue. My wife will, you know, she'll give exposition about, about a subject. And then she'll like, she'll be like, you're not even listening to me. And then I will word for word quote back to her the sentence or three that she just said to prove that I'm listening. Because I'm not making eye contact, she thinks I'm not paying attention. And I said, so you would rather that I look you in the eyes and shake my head, nod, etc., and pretend that I'm listening as opposed to actually listen. Well, so and the answer was yes. That's one of the yes. That's one of the hard things about conversation. So, like in an interaction with another person, eye contact and all that are actually extremely, extremely important. It's. And you can be. Listening. I know, and most communication is nonverbal. I get it. It's but hard. It's hard because you can be listening, and you're like, yeah. I don't even fucking want to look at you right now yeah. because you're just destroying my character. Right. Um. So I'm gonna look at the spot right here on the table while you continue yeah. to do that. And it, no, you're not allowed to. Yeah, but, but but I have ADD, and I need something to help me focus on this inanity that you're. Everything okay? Oh yeah, we're good. We're oh good. my god. We got a problem. Chris is getting all technical. He's touching my knobs. He's tuning in Tokyo. Tune in Tokyo. Hello. Whoa. <laughs> that shit's getting edited out. So the thing, you know, I, I just, we get into these arguments. We don't fight very often. Um, but when we do, I, I'm not a competitive guy except for in two arenas, business and debate. I did a lot of debate and speech and mock trial when I was in high school. And, and I love a good argument. And it drives my wife crazy because sometimes I fight just for the sake of fighting. Just to argue. Yeah, just to, just to keep, just to hone my skills. Yes, sharpen Sometimes yourself. I just want to fucking argue, right? And that drives her fucking crazy because she's like, she's like, you just, you just feel like fighting, don't you? I'm like, she's like, you don't even believe that. You're just picking a side because it's the opposite of the side that I chose. Yes. <laughs> Do you say yes? Well, I mean, ultimately, sure. But but the, the, the problem is, is that in your relationship, when you're having that sort of discussion, you're having a heated discussion, you're having an argument. Winning is not the objective, right? It's just not. No, it's you know. it's both parties need to be heard. Right. But that's one of the things that's really hard because both parties also want to prove their point. Right. And it's like, okay, so you proving your point, me proving my point, they're not necessarily the goal of this. It's you hearing my piece and me hearing yours 
So, but your ego gets in the way. But so is there a point where you can say, okay, I accept that. And generally it has to happen. If there's an argument, it has to happen later. Right. Um, and that's one of those things that that's fucking difficult because right. neither person wants to leave the conversation because you're in the heat of the moment. Right. So it's tough, man. Like that's one of those things that I, I super struggle with and fucking Tara has to, has to prove her point. But I'm like, your point doesn't need to be proven. Like you understand this. Like we can go back and forth. Yeah. But see to me, I'm not receptive anymore. I don't know. Maybe, maybe my problem is, is that I'm old and I'm tired and, and, being tired is leading to me to be apathetic about things, right? Hmm. There are things that I just, I get to the point, I just don't fucking care. What what do you want? What is the resolution that you want to this thing? I will give you whatever resolution you want, whatever it is I can do to end this fucking conversation. That's what I will do. And that's what I want. Well, I think, And that drives my fucking wife crazy. I think one of the things that's hard is knowing how to go into a conversation so that you can effectively communicate and just be communicating, not let it get to that argument stage. Cause once it gets to that argument stage, it's a rarity that one of the parties is receptive, right? It turns into a blowout normally. Right. And that's not, and then that's when you start closing lines of communication, man, you start slamming they fucking sh- doors shut down for sure. Yeah. They sh- <laughs> Cause you start saying sure. shit that you don't mean, or if we're being truthful, saying shit that you do mean that you harbor and keep deep down inside that only comes out because you're angry and you feel like, fuck it, I'm angry. I'm letting this shit fly. Well, so one of the things that I've, I've said a bajillion times and that I'm very adamant on is it, it's about where your heart is when you say something. If I'm saying something to be malicious, if I'm, if I'm just opening my arsenal at that point right. for the sake of firing, like that is not good that's not good if i'm bringing an issue to the table because it's something that needs to be rectified well i don't i can't see a problem with that all right but but when you say when you say something that is hurtful right do you do it with the intention of causing harm and hurting feelings or do you say it with the intention of I have I've 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 basically stomached this and bottled it up and this swallowed has to be brought it for so into long. The light at this and point. now I'm I'm angry enough and upset enough to recognize normally I would not bring this up because I know it's going to hurt your feelings, but I'm not saying it to, deliberately to hurt your feelings, but right now I care less about hurting your feelings than I normally do, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. So with that, is, does that run into the sin of omission thing to where I'm letting this go and letting this go, therefore I'm making things worse because I'm basically lying in order to not state the truth? If you're if if there's something about your about your partner that you don't like that you don't that you don't discuss with them that you don't bring up at because you're concerned that it might hurt their feelings. I don't think that's a lie of omission. I think that's just ground that you have seeded. That's just compromise that you have made. But that can turn into bitterness and well, bitterness, sure. is, yeah. bitterness is scary. Yeah. I mean, I'm a brodeur. I get it. I get bitter. <laughs> I'm so bitter. Yeah. So like that, I, I struggle with that. 
to an extent, like... That's because you're a fucking monster. I generally don't say things with the intention of hurting somebody's feelings. Are there times where I'll do it? Yes. Uh, more times than not, I'll say something because of the sheer shock value of it. Right. And I think it's necessary. Um, because if, I, if I'm not, then, okay, well, what, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. See, like, I, it's important in some way. I, I, I don't go out of my way to say things in an argument that's going to hurt the other person on purpose. However, I have things built up that I will say in the heat of an argument because I am less concerned about hurting. Well, yeah, basically your your defenses have been let down a little bit. And it's like, okay, well, now I have to swing. You know, exactly. I'm like, okay, well, now I'm going to fight. Yeah. 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 And I guess my whole my whole purpose and my statement there was saying that it's not so much the the inability to say it or saying it that's bad. It's your intention when you say it. Yeah. If I'm saying it to cut you, then, okay, that's not okay. If I'm saying it to get something resolved, well, then I think that's completely appropriate and absolutely necessary. And I have trouble, and I think most people do, navigating those waters and right. finding out when is the appropriate time to address something. And it's definitely not when you're right. pissed off because then it generally is out of a place of, uh, you know, ill intent. Right. So, and, and, and this is no surprise to, you know, our three regular listeners, but there are lines of communication that I don't think should ever be open. And there are things after 27 years of being together that I still don't bring up to my wife because it would do more harm than good. But is it something that you still harbor resentment for? Resentment? No. Because bitterness and resentment are the same. So bitterness, resentment about it? No. But there are things that you want out of your relationship that sometimes you are with a partner that just can't provide those things. Well, yeah. And And you just – you you concede that you know you just basically you you the the good outweighs the bad yeah you just absolutely you sacrifice that ground and accept that that is ground that's just not the hill i'm gonna die on so you know you can have that you can have that territory it's fine so if there's something that's not necessarily a point of contention is it easy for you to bring up in conversation what do you mean well, because communication is more than just arguing. I need specificity. Specificity. Um, I saw a stripper named Nymph once. I'll bet you did. She was named Nymph. Nymph. Ah. Uh, anyway, but uh, is it is it one of those things that, or are there things? Not is it one of those things? But are there things that need to be addressed, and you're happy to bring up, even though they might be uncomfortable. Like it doesn't have to be an argument and it's not, it's not necessarily a point of contention, but it's something that has to be discussed. Like finances are one of those things. They're important. Finances with a lot of couples, that'll turn into an argument. Right. Very quickly. Well, yeah, money, money and sex, I think, if I'm not mistaken, statistically are the two most common things that you are going to argue about. I think you're right. Why, why argue about sex? Because... You get to a point in your relationship where you've with that person where you you just there's the old the old adage, 
show me show me a smoking hot woman and I'll show you a dude tired of fucking her. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I guess that's fair. You do this thing when you're thinking sometimes where your eyes roll back in your head and all I can see is the whites of your eyes and you squint a little bit and there's a little bit of shakiness in your in your eyelids. It's very it's very demonic possession and off putting. It makes me uncomfortable. Good. Good. <laughs> that's what I was going for. I I was like, how can I look like the Antichrist in day-to-day interactions? Oh, yeah. I'll think. Yeah. No. What, what were we talking about? I just lost my train of thought. We were talking about uh, bringing things up that are uncomfortable but not necessarily a point of contention. Yeah. Then don't bring them up. Then d- just, just flat fucking, out leave just, me. Just you put that stuff in the story box. You lock it away. So, like, one of the things that I don't like talking about, I hate talking about budgeting. Um, one... I, I am of the mindset that there's plenty of money and I'm like, we'll always be able to make more money. So budgeting doesn't seem like the most, <laughs> most important thing to me. Right. Yeah. It, it just is. Yeah. I was coming. <laughs> I can't even do it. I was coming. Oh, is that what you do when you ejaculate? Oh my God. I could never fuck you now. Yeah. You're I welcome. Could, I could never fuck I'm you now. I ruined it for uh, you. Well, actually, I mean, if I was bent over, I guess. It wouldn't matter as so long much. as long as I can't see your eyes. It doesn't matter what position we're in. As long as I can't see your eyes, if we're doing if as we're, long as it's dark. As long as we're not doing a hucklebuck, you know, reverse cowgirl, we're great. But I just I can't see you do that with your eyes. Although now I'll know when you clench your when you clench your anus as I blow my as I'm coming and you're tightening your fucking butthole. I'm, all I'm gonna that. do is be able to see your eyes roll back like that. And it's gonna, oh, you've ruined it's gonna it. kill it for you. You're no longer attractive to me. You're welcome. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. You're welcome, dear listeners. Now Mike is not attracted to me. But um yeah, it's I I have you, I have trouble sometimes just picking up a conversation that might need to be had mm-hmm. because of the effort that goes into that conversation. And I think that's probably a fairly common thing. And uh yeah, I I fucking super struggle with that. See, and that's why my relationship with my wife works. Because we we don't discuss those things. We just we just bottle them up like we don't discuss budgeting. We don't discuss money. I mean, very rarely because we have separate bank accounts. She makes a lot more money than I do. The bills get paid. And that's that. We both pay our bills. We put money in savings and we go from there. We uh, so I switched jobs recently and in doing so money was something that had to be talked about. Sure. And it was like, okay, so Right, cuz you went from making a very sizable income yeah to making a good income. Well, and it's here. So, my first week with the company, I was being paid cash and it was just daily and it was not a good income. Like it was, hey, I come in for a few hours, I make, you know, a little right. bit of money. Uh it worked and but it was just one of those things it was not what I was used to. Right. And it's so hard to go from, oh, well, I made a bunch of money today, so I can spend whatever money I want to, okay, well, I didn't make all the money today, right. so I have to watch this little bit that I have. And we've not touched our savings, which has been fucking awesome. Right. Money has still been able to go into it, mm-hmm. which is also great. So I'm I'm cool with that, but it's, fuck, it's weird. And like, we, we had to have a conversation about it today. She's like, hey, I moved money to uh, the savings account, and I put this in the checking account, so, you know, don't go crazy with this, that, or the other. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, because you're like, fucking's free. Yeah. Yeah. 
Give me that dirt star. I'm going to go to town on myself. Yeah. Because that's free. Fucking is not. Why? Because you're always paying for it somehow. Uh, well, let's, let's put a pin in that. Let's put a pin in that. You looked almost evil when you said that. You stuck uh, your finger out. You uh, had this awful smile. Uh, well, you know you. how I feel about it any, any which way. So, budgeting. You and Tara have a conversation about budgeting. You're making less money at your new job yep. than, you, than you were before. And, you know, you have to have that rational conversation about, hey, this is... This is how funds are going to be allocated at this juncture. My wife and I, we've never done that. Oh, that's so weird. Because, yeah. like, that's something so... When Tara and I first got together, we were both super young. I was 22. She was 18. Uh, I was making about forty, $45,000 a year, so not much money. She was working $9 an hour jobs, so she wasn't making dick. And, like, we basically had to – because we would overdraft all the time. So the way to alleviate that – was you gave to, me uh, a sippy beer. You will. Like a little spill beer. <laughs> but the way to alleviate that, the way to solve that problem was to uh, have a joint bank account. Right. So we went from not having that to having that. And then money all of a sudden became something that we fought about. Right. Because, oh, I can see what you're spending money on now. And you can see what I'm spending money on now. Yep. That's not healthy. That's not healthy, folks. Don't Don't have a joint bank account unless... It is a scenario where you have separate bank accounts and then you make independent deposits into the joint account to pay bills. We have uh, – at this point, we have a main account that almost all of our money goes into. And then we have – like she has a separate account. I have a separate account. But they're all basically intermingled some in some fashion. And then we have another savings account that's completely separate from the regular one that we right. use. Uh, now, for the most part, because I was making all, most of the money, I was in charge of overseeing the finances with that. And that that was weird for me. Like, growing up, my mom always did the money stuff. And she didn't tell me shit about it. And right. she didn't save money. Nothing like that. So... That that was one of those things that I was like, don't you just handle this? Like, I don't know what the fuck's going on right now. I just thought we could spend money on whatever we wanted and there would still be some there because you already paid everything. And she's right. like, no, you were spending money before we paid things and now we have to wait to pay something. Right. And that was weird. Like, yeah. that was weird. And that took me fucking years, years and years to get to a point to where I was decent with it. That and I have, I, like I said, I have the mentality of plentifulness. So I'm like, there's always more money for us. Don't you worry about that. And she's like, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. You can't think like that. And I'm like, I do. Yeah. But but here's what's interesting about you. And I know this is tangential to the topic, but you've got a, you've got a motor, right? You, you've got an engine in you and you will, you know, if it was me who just walked out and quit my job because of something that was, you know, morally unjust, ethically incorrect, and I just quit my job, I still would be unemployed. I wouldn't have the motivation like you're like, okay, cool, I'm employed the next day. Great. Let's fuck it. Let's get back at it. Right. And so I think that that attitude serves you well. Because you're like, there's always going to be more money because I can always make more money. You recognize that it's not just going to fucking show up. You're going to go out and you're going to get it. And you're always going to have the opportunity to go out and get it. But what I did not know was how that money was going to get there. 
and like you do have to have a this is this is the basic guideline and that's one of those things that no i don't always have that like right. a lot of the time i'll fly by the seat of my pants and it's just been good fortune blessing whatever you want right. to call it that it's happened to work out and uh now like with with how all of this shaped out so my friend about a month ago reached out to me and he's like i might have this thing opening up for you and we were supposed to hang out a couple of times and i wasn't able to because of work so i called him just to hang out and i'm like hey man do you want to get together i've got some free time now uh, and he's like well no but i need to talk to you about this job thing and i was like oh okay and then he's like you know just fucking come in and interview and i was like really and he's like yeah okay so i go in i do my interview and he's like well I'm going to need your help with this, and then I'm going to need your help with that. And then it was, okay, well, this is what the position is. And I was like, well, that's not enough position. Uh, and it wasn't about a title. It was about keeping myself occupied and earning potential. So we basically worked something out to where I'm like the the second in command in so many ways. Right. Do you Do you find that conversations like that with a friend slash potential employer or with a non-friend employer are those conversations easier than conversations with your spouse yeah why is that right because it is well so one person i'm completely invested in like i no matter what will be with that person and have that person's back and I'm hoping that they have mine. Right, and liquor shitter. I yeah, got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah, tongue punch that dirt star. Yeah, you do. So, you like it's way harder to let that person down by saying this is not enough, right? Than it is to go to a potential employer and be like, this is not enough. Because here, there's two things that can happen. One, they can be like, you know what, you're right. And that is why I'm in a terribly, terribly dark place, because. I have looked at most relationships in my life like, ah, fuck it, I'll burn that bridge or whatever, I don't care. Except for the one. And then I I oscillate with that relationship or like, ah, fuck it, I'll burn that bridge too, I don't care. Well, I think part of that, like, I know I called you a sociopath a couple of weeks ago. I think part of that is a sociopathic tendency that most people have. What are you... I'm sorry, please continue. So... A lot of people are willing to say, if this is not working for me, then I can terminate this. And that is not an effective way of navigating most things. Yes, I agree. However, I'm also rational enough to look at a situation and say, you know what? This may not be working for me, this specific subsection of the relationship, but all these other sections of the relationship are working for me. So I'm willing to suck it up. Well, that's the ability to compartmentalize. And I don't think that that's something that I have. Hmm. So everything for me is this picture. And uh, when I look at the picture, I'm like, okay, it has to look right. And if it doesn't look right, I'm like, okay, either we go to the drawing board and fix this picture or it's no longer viable and we have to tear this page from the book. And like I reached that point with my employer and I was like, okay, we're tearing this page out of this book because this is the picture's not right. And based off of the communication that we've had about it, you're not willing to make it right. 
So we're going to part ways. Okay. And here, I'll tell you this. So I had, I had a conversation with Tara after that and she's like, you should probably go back because we're trying to buy a house. And I'm like, okay. So I go and I begrudgingly say, I want to come back. And they're like, why would we let you come back? You fucked us over. And I'm like, and it took every fucking ounce of me to not be like, uh, well, technically I didn't. Like, technically what happened is you did something shady. I fucking called. I called your shit on it. You didn't like that. You didn't like how I did it, But which is there was no other way that I could do it. Like, I had to prove a point. And you wouldn't have received it any other way. I'm confused. Did this actually occur? Yeah. Well, yeah. So the company did something to its employees. No, no, no. no. Did you go back? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you see, we have not had that conversation. We're having it right now. So, um, (laughs) God damn it. And then they, they're basically like, they want me to beg. Mm -hmm. So he's like, no. And I'm like, okay. And that was it. Like, no, I don't need you. Right. Like you actually, this was a relationship where you did need me more than I needed you. Right. And it shows like you're suffering right now because of this. That's fine. Like this is what you said was okay, so this is what's okay. Right. Um but don't don't think that I am desperate in any way shape or form. And that's pride talking, but I'm not. Like I had an employer tell me once, he's like you need me more than I need you. And it flipped a switch in me and I'm like nobody is ever going to fucking say that to me again. Right. Like that is the biggest crock of shit ever. And you don't say that to an employee because that employee can go work somewhere else and bring their talents to that place. Right. And what I bring to you is fucking great. And if you can't see that, then I'm not in the right place. So he said that to me and I stuck it out for like another year and a half there. Wow. And like any time we would get into an argument or have a disagreement, I was like, man, they, they actually believe that. Right. Like that is their mindset and that is not okay. Yeah. See the, the, my passive aggressive nature, if my employer had said to me, well, you need me more than I need you. I would have, one of two things would have happened. I would have exploded and quit or I would have just, I just would have gotten the blue flu. I just fucking, I would have, I would have had a work slowdown. I'd been like, okay, you're going to get minimum daily requirement. And every day I'm going to test how much less I can do without getting in trouble. So I had a conversation with him later on and this was, I continued to perform, uh, but I had, it was like a year later and I'm like, you know, you said that to me. I was like, and that was the dumbest shit you could have ever said to me. And he was like, excuse me. And I'm like, you don't ever fucking tell an employee that one, right. even if it's true Two, it's not. And that was foolish. Right. And all I did was fucking take it and use it as fuel. Right. And I promise you, nobody will ever treat me that way again. So when it started, like when I was watching that happen somewhere else, I was like, I part ways with you now. I see how this goes. You suffer. I don't, I go to something else and mm-hmm. it gets better. Right. Uh, so I, I leave. Well, and if you feel that way, about the people who are performing right if you feel that way about your your you'll excuse the douchey expression rock stars if you feel that way about your rock stars and your rock stars let you the shit bags know you feel that way about you dude it's it's not good because people are like oh i have no absolutely no value to you 
Yeah. And if I don't have value to you, why am I here? Well, this place this place went through they would go through these like hiring spurts. Oh, sure. And yeah. they would call it getting bodies on. And I'm like, your mentality with this is so fucking off. Like you're hiring anybody understanding full good and well that you're going to have a good amount of churn because of that. Yeah, you don't want that. Your your employees are an asset. They're an investment. It is. Like, that's your biggest investment because you can't do it all yourself. That's yeah. why you have them. Yeah. So the fact that it was that way was just retarded. Like, it was so right. fucking stupid, and I couldn't see past that. And there's so many businesses that are run that way. Right. I mean, I know I know some communists that are very much, you know, of the argument, well, if your boss didn't show up to work today, could everybody do their job? Of course. Yeah. If the entire employee pool didn't show up, could your boss do everybody's job? No. Now, I'm not going to get into the... I'm not going to get into the argument about about your boss and about how your boss did something and brings value to society that you don't. But there is there there has to be a give and take in that relationship. And it's just like your relationship with your spouse or with your friends. You, there there is give and take. You have to make compromises, right? But when you when your boss says to you, well, "You need me more than I need you," your boss has literally closed the door on communication and said, "What you have to say is of no value to me, so don't even bother." Yeah, you know, and and that that's terribly terribly unhealthy. It was it was one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. Like I've actually I've thought about reaching out to that individual since parting ways with them and just being like, dude, I really appreciate what you did for me. Uh, because it it fucking shifted my mentality and it, right. it became a a fucking predator prey thing at that point. Hmm. And it was incredible. Like it was borderline intoxicating. Hmm. Because you're like, uh, this is, this is what it's like to win. Like hmm. I win and if I'm winning, you're winning. Like you need that. If I come and I perform in a mediocre fashion, well, you get mediocre results. Right. You don't win. So I don't see like how this is, there, there's no there's no way that that works for you. Right. Like it only works if I'm doing well. And like that's, you should want all of your people to do as well as possible and to perform at the highest possible level that they can. And uh, that's, you hire people that are going to work well in that environment. So do you perform at your highest possible level in your marriage? No, you don't. And no, I don't. And that's what's hard. Like You just, you don't know what I do. You just pointed at me and said, "No, you don't." No, no, you don't. Have you been with, talking to my fucking wife? It was to the. It, it was to the general. The general you. you. Yeah. No. I mean, I. I don't. I. I mail it in. I mean, that's that's my great, my great life's tragedy is that everything that I've done in my life, I've done half assed. Well, complacency is such a dangerous thing. Yeah. And like the easiest place to fall into that is the comfort of a relationship. Right, because it's you take it for granted. You yeah. do, and like that's that's damning. Like it's, there's nothing good that comes out of yeah. that that can't produce fruit. So you have to go with the same drive that you would like. If you're trying to impress a new potential partner 
or a new employer, like you have to keep that same tenacity throughout the entirety of the relationship. And there are going to be peaks and valleys and times where you do it better than others. But, but isn't that part of the luxury of being in a relationship is that there, I mean, obviously you shouldn't mail it in, but there are times where you can, you know, not work so hard at it because it's there and you love that person and that person loves you. And you know what? We can just put sweatpants on and, and just. I, I think when you're at the place to where I love you and you love me and we would both, if one person was slacking, we would both pick up the slack. Like if you're in that position, you should be willing to push for it even more. Well, and that's, I guess that, that strikes me is, that's the big distinction between your relationship with your life partner and your relationship with other people and coworkers. I mean, coworkers in particular is that, you know, tonight I was working and it was just me and one other employee and I'm trying to get a bunch of stuff done because I'm the assistant manager of the store. I'm trying to get caught up on emails and all this other thing. And I'm sitting there at the counter, you know, off to the side with my computer and the other employee is just on their phone, dicking around and doing whatever. And then customers would come up to the cash register. I would have to stop working on the thing that I was doing and help that customer because they wouldn't put their fucking phone down. Right. I, I shouldn't have to do that, but whatever, right? I would not accept that from my spouse. You know, I, I hold my spouse to a higher standard than I do the people that I work you with. You do, but both people in the relationship will generally get lazy with it. Like there are going to be times where one person is pulling more weight than the other. Sure. That's going to fluctuate. But but you know what? There are times where my wife is not feeling well or she's going through a hard thing and she's not capable or willing to put in the effort that I am as far as just like cleaning and grocery shopping and whatever. I'm okay with that. I don't become resentful about that. My fucking coworkers, that shit drives me crazy. Well, you know what's you know what's weird though with your coworkers? Like the amount of time that you're there is you're there solely to produce, not to exist. Like when you when you go into a relationship, it's like, okay, we're going to exist together and try to thrive together. Mm-hmm. And I think there are times where you do more existing than thriving. And uh, it's it's easier to accept that in that particular relationship. Yeah. But when when the predication of the relationship yeah. is performance, right. like you expect nothing but that. And I think that's a fair thing. And See, I think conversation yeah. – or write-ups need to happen. Yeah, it's interesting because in in my relationship with my with my wife, if I'm busting my ass and my wife is not, it doesn't bother me. You know, one of the things that we struggle with is we don't recognize like my wife and I won't recognize how the other person is busting their ass. You're not appreciating what that person is mm, doing. No, that's a good point. And like that's one of those things that we we fall into a lot is I'm doing this this and this and I'm not seeing this this and this done and it's your fault All right and like that's bullshit right and that's why I don't bring it up to my wife because you know if I'm if I'm doing X Y and Z and my wife is playing Candy Crush I don't bring it up you know why 
because I don't know what my fucking mortgage is. I don't pay the mortgage. I don't know. What's the electric bill? I don't fucking know. Because she pays it. And you know what? I should shut my goddamn mouth and cut the fucking grass and not bring it up. I well, I think that's appreciating what you have. Yeah. And it's really easy to not. Yeah, because I don't, I don't, I don't bitch at my wife about she never mows the lawn or she never shovels the driveway, you know, because that ain't her fucking job. Because she never bitches at me because I've never once paid the goddamn mortgage because it ain't my fucking job. Well, I, I think you guys have appropriate boundaries set up. And, like, that's one of the things that most people don't have. Like, what are the parameters of this relationship? But it's unspoken, right? Like, we never we never mapped that out. We never plotted it out and said, this is what you're going to do. This is what I'm going to do. It just happened. But they're there, and it's the expectation of sure. both parties at this point. There is only one task that my wife doesn't do that I get butthurt about. Which one's that? And that is giving the dog... A goddamn bath. Really? Because the dog fucking hates it. And if the dog, the dog, well, okay, two tasks. Basically, when it comes to the canine hygiene, that's the issue. She never washes the dog and she never brushes the goddamn dog because the dog fucking hates it. And he, and he associates all of those things that he dislikes with me. And she can't have that. She can't possibly have that little fucking fagula associating something that he doesn't like with her. That's so bizarre because he likes you more. No. Well, he likes me different. I don't think he likes me more. I'll bet he does. I don't think he does. Everything requires rigidity. He he likes he likes my mother-in-law the most. You're uh, so here. He I, he probably loves her because every interaction with her is, is positive. Is yeah. positive. You are an authority figure. Right. Oh, now, he fears me. He requires the rigidity that you yeah. have, and that is absolutely necessary yeah. in his well-being and existence. And ultimately, the animal understands that. Yeah. And he loves you for it. You're, you're like a parent in a way. Like you love your parents because they provide this yeah, rigidity. Yeah, your fucking friends. You're your goddamn structure. parents. Yeah. But you also like you have to be tender in a way with that as well. I love that boy. He's so sweet. Well, and that's that's what's – being a parent's weird. Yeah, uh, I can't. I, it's I, it's fucking hard. How do you not fuck your kids? Oh, it's really easy. You just don't. <laughs> like, there's all these biological things that prevent you from doing it. And then if you're if you're one of the sick pieces of shit that does that, like society basically roots you out. Yeah, we should like, put you down. Yeah. You should be not. No, you should absolutely no, be put no down. camps. We should just put a bowl in your head. Why would we waste time with you at that point? Yeah. You're, you're a menace to your own child's it's existence. It's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. I mean, I can joke about the darkest and the ugliest of things, but yeah, no, it's horrid. It's it's yeah. There's in no way, shape, or form, regardless of what you've been through, is that acceptable? It's funny. So I was uh, I was editing episodes down and. In one of them, we were talking about uh, you reading the memoir or whatever of a shooter. Uh, huh? It, not the memoir, but his, uh, what was it called? The Manifesto. The Manifesto, thank yes. you. Um, you reading his manifesto, and I'm like, I have zero interest in that. Like, I think it's it's pointless for me to read. Now, I appreciate where you're coming from with it, because you sure. want to understand the motivation and what could drive a person to be at that point. For me, I go with the ignorance is bliss concept, and I'm like, it doesn't really matter what a person would do to drive them to that point because it's just not acceptable. Like, 
you we as a species have established that this is not appropriate behavior and you don't go out and kill your own because it's monstrous right so why why do i give a flying fuck about why you would do it you should just be put down hmm like two different schools of thought there but yeah it's 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 weird now since since going in i edited that down and then i listened to a uh, podcast and listening to this other podcast they were actually talking about the horrendous things that happened in nazi germany and stuff like that and researching it like going to that absolutely horrible place so that you could understand the mindset and it was a psychologist that did it um he's like so you know i wanted to get there and figure that out and i'm like okay like I should probably delve into that a little bit just because of how uncomfortable it makes me. Hmm. So interesting. Yeah. Like listening to what you had said about it and then listening to what this other person said about it. I'm like, okay, maybe my train of thought is not completely appropriate. Um, in the sense that, yeah, I, I, there, I'm, I don't want to gratify that person in any way. No, I, I get it. But is there, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not smart enough to tackle the subject, but there is a distinction between reaction or behavior and motivation. Like, these are the things that motivate me, so I am going to react, even though my reaction may be absolutely abhorrent and extreme. What motivated me to get to that place? I can draw a distinction between this is what motivated me and study that and still be repelled by the, by, action by the actual action. Yeah. So for me, I look at it like a movie. And when I, when I watch a movie and they're trying to give the sob story to a villain, I'm like, that person's evil. They're a villain. Yeah, they're the bad guy. Fucking put them down. It's white hats and black hats. Yeah. I don't give a shit about their sob story. Like everybody has a sob story. You've never met person, uh, never met a person that doesn't have one. Everybody has gone through bullshit in their life. Even like the rich, super elite people, their fucking kids are off doing drugs. The kid mm. had a absentee parent, whatever. Because like, drugs are awesome. Everybody, yeah. Well, heroin's not. I've never done heroin, so I don't know. Yeah, you chasing the dragon. Um, no, that's opium. And I've done opium. Have you? Yeah. I didn't know that. I smoked opium in college. It was fucking awesome. You're like, it was the best. It was because it's it's weed, but better. Right? Okay. Yeah, no, it's it's really, it was great. But it it's just one of those things that I, like, I have trouble making the distinction to where I turn this movie, basically, that's played out in real life. That is, it's the simulation of life that should have never happened, but it did. And I have a trouble drawing the distinction between that and, uh, you know, the actual movie. Like, I, I don't like watching a movie if they try to make the bad guy human. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to me because you're not human. No, and that, but- is some, that is a place where you and I are very, very similar. Is that, you know, we can draw a firm line of, I don't fucking care, that's the bad guy. Yeah, well, you have to. Like, yeah. A lot I, of pe- there, there are people out there that don't do that. No, I that, can, that I can't can do that. fucking yeah. hate you because of the shit that yeah. you do. And here, like, we live in the 
SJW world or whatever the fuck uh, it is. It's getting, pol- it's getting political. It's, no, no, no. It's not about getting political. But you have a bunch of people that are trying to sympathize with every whim, want, need, and they try to humanize everything, even if it's not necessarily human. So, right. no, we don't want the death penalty because this person right here had a bad childhood. Right. I'm like, I don't fucking care about his childhood. I know right. a lot of people that had bad childhoods and didn't go and fucking child right. somebody well, up no, the I, I remember, yeah, I mean, Andrea Yates stalked her children, dragged them individually into the bathroom, and drowned them in the bathtub, and people were like, oh, she's crazy. The number of fucks that I give is zero. You put right. that rabid dog down. So here, I have, a, I have a little brother that's schizophrenic, and he he's institutionalized right now uh, against his Again. own will. It, it's been months now mm. that he's been in there against his own will. And he's probably going to be going into an assisted living home because he could potentially hurt somebody. And if he, if he does hurt somebody, well, he's irredeemable, right? Like I don't really give a shit what your chemical imbalance is. Then you're not meant to exist. That's some Nazi eugenic shit right there. That's not Nazi eugenic shit. That's some, hey, if you can't, if you cannot perform the societal functions that are required by all of humanity, you're probably not needing to be here. But that, but the the problem is, and we, this is not what the show is about, but where is that line? Who draws the line and does the line move? So humans are a weird thing. And like we have. Carl Jung, who was he's basically the father of modern psychology. He, uh, he was Swedish. Chew on that one. Um, but he basically said, "Yeah, would you like some chocolate? It's very good." He was all about the chocolate. And now I've now you've derailed my train of thought. Yeah, you're talking about Carl Jung. That yeah, but uh, he basically said, "Oh yeah, that there was a collective consciousness that." Um, humanity shared and this is shown in values yeah. and basically any religion that's a go fascinating to, concept yeah they, every religion that you yeah. look at they all have a very similar set of guidelines and it's because these are ultimately something that the species is bent on because it's beneficial to, it's beneficial right. exactly so um we have these we big, all benefit if we don't kill each other we have these guidelines right. set now that you don't do this and if you are not doing this then you are no longer a benefit to the species and if you believe in natural selection, well, then you should probably be weeded out because what you're presenting to your species is not viable material to carry into the future. Yeah. The, the, but who draws that line? Where is the line drawn? The, the line does is, the line move? I don't think it does. I, I think it, I think it's one of those things. So there are, there are certain things that are just ingrained. Right. So, in... so I am by by that definition, I am a mentally ill person who struggles constantly with suicidal thoughts. That is on medication because I'm suicidal, and you know, clinically depressed. Do I provide value to society, and do I have a right to exist? Well, you've already answered your own question. Do you go to work every day? Yes. Do you chop people up? No. No. There's all these things that you do to contribute to the whole. I got you, but but I have the potential to be dangerous. But you've not done it. 
it's as soon it's it's as soon as you do something that is not conducive to this species like anybody has the ability to do it i'm I'm bothered that you think that because your brother sucked a dick that he has done something offensive to society. I didn't say that. That was you. <laughs> because my brother has told my mom that he would chop her up. Uh, now, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. And the fact that yeah. he's mentally ill enough to do it, like, that's a problem. Yeah, see, I wouldn't hurt anybody but myself. It, well, and it, I don't think it would be hurting either i think it would be like punching my ticket just saying hey you know what i'm, I'm cashing out now here's well, my chips if if he were to do that like at that point i would see him as irredeemable sure so do i think he's redeemable now yes because he's not crossed that threshold right. and i think there are very clear and present lines with that and i don't think those lines move um it's as soon as you do something that is horrendous that you are horrendous Right, like you've taken the jump. But anybody can you, has the anybody has the potential to do it, and that's what allows. But, that's what allows you the ability boy, to we judge them. Really got off topic. It's communication. But what about what about what about forgiveness though? Forgiveness is great. You can forgive somebody for certain things. Well, okay, so what what is unforgivable? Well, I think we've established that killing somebody is unforgivable. I, I, but I don't. But okay, so murder or killing someone two two different things okay murder is yeah. unforgivable R rape i'm out unforgivable yeah raping children unforgivable double plus on good killing taking a human life i think is a forgivable thing depending on the circumstances yeah, of, of taking that human life absolutely if it's war forgivable like at that point you are protecting your own right that's the mindset there if it's them or if it's them or you, you pick them. If you guys are so lucky, you get to hear all of what it takes to kill somebody and get away with it in our eyes. Um, but if it is if it is for the betterment of everybody, like that's what you end up you end up doing it. I do. I think it's do you do you kill a murderer? Like do you see, put them down? See, I boy, we have really gone off the rails. I struggle with that because I personally have a hard time. I look at human existence. I look at human life and I think, and, and people, people who listen to me on podcasts are going to be very surprised by this, but maybe not surprised just that I'm being this, I don't fuck, man. I don't know. The point is I struggle with, does all human life have value? And you've said on the show, yes. Yeah. So if human life innately has value, even the most heinous, abhorrent human behavior, the person who committed that behavior, the person who did that, is their value, is their intrinsic value. Their intrinsic, their intrinsic value at that point is showing you how horrible something can be. Even if you have to remove them from the picture. But, 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 but is life, all life precious? Of course it is. And as soon, so then, then as, soon if, as you if take. If life is precious, who are we to take life? As soon as you take the life of another, you forfeit your. Why? You forfeit your right your, to it. Your, your life is no less precious if you've taken somebody else's life. Everything is a series of sacrifices. You're, you're a monster. Everything is a series of sacrifices. So if I sacrifice my time to get money, well, we call that generating income if i sacrifice 
what I want to make my partner happy. Yeah, yeah, um, you do that absolutely. If I, if I do that, we call that compromise. Right. If I kill like, somebody, like like I sacrifice my insistence on fidelity. Right. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you have beautiful big chiclet teeth. Thanks, bud. Um, but yeah, if you if you if you go and steal somebody's from them, well, then you're saying that yours is not. It doesn't have that value. I don't know. I and, just... and the value that you've presented at that point is reiterating the fact that you can't do that. Like it's not conducive to anything positive. You know what I know? That your butthole is conducive to dick. <laughs> dick? You wish. Because I'm pitching, bitch. <laughs> no. I mean, whatever. You got the tiny little wiener. Yeah, you wouldn't feel it. <laughs> But you'd like it. You'd be like, I? you'd be like, I think you just penetrated me, and I'd be like, oh, dude, I'm already done. <laughs> like I'd be lathered up. <laughs> just have so moist jizz foam on my dick. Oh my god. <laughs> you would feel balls. Can you whip you. ejaculate? You know, like when you whip egg yolks to make a meringue. Can yeah. you do that with load? I don't know. That's probably <laughs> a, an experiment that we should do sometime. Yeah, we should. We should. But we everybody's going to jizz in a bowl. We're gonna be like, hey, we need a bunch of jizz in a bowl just, so we can. No, no, you fold it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to separate this into two two bowls of jizz so you can fold one and whisk oh, the other. Load. Okay. Have you seen the movie Patty Cakes? No. All right. It's about it's about this fat white chick in Detroit who wants to become a rapper. Now, I was high as fuck when I watched this movie, but it spoke to me. It was wonderful. It was like it was like someone read the Iliad in the Odyssey and they were like if Homer wrote a story about a fat white chick that wanted to become a rapper, it would be patty cakes. It is amazing. It's an amazing cliche paint by number hero's journey. And it is wonderful. I would encourage everyone in our audience to see this fucking movie. Everybody likes the hero's journey because it's an archetypical story. It's wonderful. It's wonderful because she starts out. She wants to do a thing and everything in her life is telling her you can't do this thing. And she just keeps fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting to do that thing. Well, do you know why that story resonates with you? Why? Because everything in life is set up to make you fail. Like the the act of living is set up so that you cannot do it. But you do huh? it anyway. So, okay, the reason a story like that resonates with a person is because there is a there is a completely inherent truth in it, and that is everything is always working against you, regardless of who you are, regardless of what it is. Everything is not working against you. Okay, there's a lot working against you. You are a white that? man. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What were you doing to make money before this? Oh, I was working 75 hours a week. Is Tara working against you? Sometimes. Is, Chris, is Christopher... And tear, are they working against you? Oh yeah, absolutely at times. Yeah. 
Apparently, you don't know what it's like to be a parent. It, I no, I don't. I don't have children. So okay, what the fuck, man? Have you ever have you ever had a kid shit up their back? Because that's working against you. <laughs> no, because I just throw it off the balcony. Yeah. I mean, there's a Michael Jackson Bye, shit. Baby. <laughs> he didn't throw his kid off the balcony. I, I'm sorry, you're right. That was Eric Clapton. No, so, uh, Michael Jackson was showing everybody. He's like, he shit up his back. Yeah. <laughs> this is <a> blanket, <laughs> and then he brought him in and cleaned him up. He was like, that was cool though. I didn't know they could do that. <laughs> No, what a child will do is impressive, um, but counterproductive at times. And like your job as a parent is to make it productive and to make them as productive as possible. So, yeah. But no, parenting is fucking weird and it sucks. See, and th this is where I become conflicted with depression because I, I go through these roller coasters of, I mean, life's amazing, right? Yeah. I mean, you have... You have all of these pleasures and joys and fascinations and opportunity for imagination. Like, why would you ever be sad? But then I can't stop it. Well, you would be sad just because in there's a bunch of things that are because I don't look like you. Is that no, why I'm no, sad? There, no, um, there's a bunch of things that are really, really, really hard to do. And you run into the why start. And like, I feel like depression is a lot of that. Oh no! The, the, the depression is very much why continue and like what what's the what's the point? Why bother? No, and I mean I don't want to get into that whole thing. Well, but no, yeah. that's, I think it's a good thing to talk about. But one of the like the thing that makes it makes it good is is you have to appreciate moments like it's an instant. Yeah, like this moment right now, just looking at your beautiful hair, yeah, your beautiful hair. face, the fact that you love to shave even though you really don't grow facial hair. I do. It's just no. It's, you it's, you, uh, do, you don't don't let's let's look let's hair. let's not let's not lie to the audience. You don't grow facial hair. I shave today. You 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 shave every day because you're ashamed. I don't shave I get every it. day. I don't shave every day because you don't need to because you've got that engine blood in you. <laughs> you're a native. Yeah. Um, no, like there, there's a lot that's good about life and it's you have to take time to appreciate that. And I think that's one of the things that kind of helps up people overcome depression, depression or a depressed state. Like there are going to be times in basically any person's life where they're depressed because there's a bunch of shit going wrong. And it's like really easy to, to be like, oh, this, this and this happened. I'm depressed. This, this and this happened. Anybody would be depressed. Like, what you're going through is fucking hard. Like, living is hard. Um, but, like, you have those instances, those moments where it's it's blissful and, like, it's right. taking the time here's, to appreciate that. Here's the, here's the challenge. The challenge is, is that can you accept and appreciate that those moments of joy and pleasure and happiness, although they are few and far between, put their thumb on the scale of everything else that's disappointing and unhappy. When when you see those things, you have to accept their weight. So like when you say they put their thumb on the scale, like you have to realize how heavy that thumb is. You have to realize the pressure that's being applied by that. It is, and you know that. Is and that's it? you're the one that brought the moments up. <laughs> Dumb shit. I, I, I hate you so much. So Do uh, you know do you know that when when really when I care about a friend, when I really have great affection for someone, I tell them that I hate them. 
So you must be telling your wife you hate her all the time. Never. You're like, honey, I hate you. No, no, no. But I no, it's it's because it's platonic relationships. Like, I hate you. I hate Daniel. I hate those people. I hate people that make me ex- that make me see the truth about things. I fucking hate you. You said you stated the truth. Yeah, you, I reiterate. Don't, it. don't, don't, don't fucking put this on me. Don't make you this. Did it. That don't was all you make this about me. You Chris. always make it about you, yeah. mom. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 my God. You know, the thing is, is that I would say something negative to you, but all the negative stuff I have to say is all people get all butthurt about it. So what you got? <laughs> Did you see me masturbating and then you were obsessed you're with a, pictures of me masturbating? You're a very unpleasant young man. <laughs> That's am. what I know. I'm the fucking you worst. You have alopecia. I do. I do. You, you do not. Your I hair's do. too long and your eyebrows are too No, no, no. Good. I have alopecia areata. Yeah, which means a specific area. Yeah, 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 I speak Latin. So, so like, I have a spot right here, and then I actually have another one right now in the very back of my head. The one in the back of my head is small. The one up here was pretty big. It's starting to fill in in spots, but it's like the shape of it has changed. Um, No, that's that's a fucking weird thing. Like, I hate myself so much that my body is destroying itself. Do Do you have pubic alopecia? No. No. So, I don't. I thought maybe there was a spot on my leg at one point, uh, but both legs were symmetrical and that same spot was there. And I realized it's where, um, like when I wear jeans, it's where that rubs up the most. Mm. But yeah, it's a, it's a bizarre thing. Don't have alopecia, guys. Now, if I had to choose between that and cancer, I'm going to pick alopecia every time. What about your butthole? How is your butthole? It's, you know, I got that O-ring hair. I got a hairy butthole. I don't I don't grow hair a lot of places, but my butthole Dude, that is so one. The other day I got in the shower and I'm getting cleaned up and I was washing my armpits and there was like fucking glue, like literal glue or something in my right armpit. And I was like, what the fuck? And I had bought this new really weird, like hippy dippy mm, That uh, was your mistake. Deodorant recently. And I'm attributing to that, but I I also have been finding gum all over my house (laughs) and this felt about the consistency of bubble gum so i'm like did these motherfucking kids of mine have gum in their pocket and then i washed my clothes with it (laughs) and it got into my armpit hair so i had to fucking shave my armpits recently i wasn't gonna shave the one and not the other so i shaved. oh yeah for sure i shaved my armpits the other day and i was like this sucks. And then when you put deodorant on after you shave your armpits, no, it I'm fucking out. burns. I'm did out. you know that? No, it I did not know burns. that. I'm it's out. bullshit. Um, so I did that, and I was like, man, fuck this. But then today, I got to do a shave. So like, I'm getting ready to go to work, and I get out of the shower, and I'm like, dude, I'm going to do a shave today. So I get my shave shit ready. I pull out one of the straight razors. I strop it, and then I, uh, I do the shave, and I was like, man, that was so fucking worth it. It's so good. Hmm. You guys should shave more. So, do you have a word of wisdom for this week? Well, I don't. Ha- I don't have a. I don't have a solid word of wisdom. No, but I think that I. I just. I want people in their relationships and in those arguments to have 
the courage and wherewithal to not shut down, you know, and that's, and that's hard. It's really, really difficult um, in a situation with your significant other in particular, where you just, you just want to fuck it. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. This isn't going anywhere. I just want to walk away and I want to give up. But it is to the benefit of your relationship to just take a deep breath and, and, and resist the urge to do that because it's not helpful. I agree. I agree. You blow dudes. Not even. Thought about it just now. You want some? Yeah. I'll give you some of this sweet dick. I tell you what, though, I got, I I mean, my butthole's not hairy, is is hairy. I'm not hairy in most places. My fucking, my pubes are I got that Johnson hair. Glorious. I was looking at naked pictures of chicks on the internet the other day, and I saw this, because I, you know, naked redheaded chicks, that's my jam. And I saw this girl, and she was like super duper hippy dippy out in the wilderness. And young girl, no, 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 young girl. Um, I mean, she couldn't have been more than 24, 25 years old, but she had a huge bush, which is not the thing these days that the young ladies do. But I was like, good on you. That's a good bush. So I was scrolling on Facebook and somebody had posted a bunch of fucking pictures of Scarlett Johansson. Oh, boobs. God. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Well, I've always thought of her as the woman that is sexy, mm-hmm. not cute or beautiful. Yeah. yeah. No, agree. Um, no, like, she's hot. You look dirty. Yeah. She's not dirty. Not, Stop not, it. Not like filthy dirty, but like a dirty girl. And I'm like, you look like a dirty girl. I'm like, I don't want any part of you. Um, mm, I want every part of her. Ooh. But no, she looks she great. She could shit in my mouth. She looked great. Um, oh, my God. Dude, so... <laughs> the weirdest thing happened the other day before we turn off the mics here. Uh, so I interviewed Tara had a girl that worked for her uh, while she ran a company called Ibella beads. And this young lady I knew was good. I knew was looking for a job. So I wanted to hire her. So I set up an interview and stuff with her. And uh, I was like, Oh man, her eye makeup looked amazing like she did a really good job on it but i would not tell her that right because you yeah no you can't yeah so i came it's 2019 home, you can't so i came home and i was telling tara i was like dude her eye makeup looked really good today and i knew like with where i was coming from and talking to tara that she would because tara's super big on doing her makeup she's like right. oh yeah she normally she can do good makeup and i was like dude i was like it, it i've never seen her with awesome makeup before i'm like but it was it looked great it looked like something that tara would have done so i was like it looked fucking awesome and she's like did you tell her and i was like no i was completely fucking terrified to tell her that yeah um and she's like you can tell her that no you can't and i'm like no i really can't like if i say that i could come across as creepy right or that could that could come back to you, and all of a sudden she could be like, "Chris was hitting on me. He said my makeup looked good today." Yeah, and no. if if she said it that way to her, no. that would have totally changed nope, how didn't, my conversation nope, went. Nope, I didn't get this job. They interviewed me, and he was hitting on me, and I obviously wasn't interested in him, and so I didn't get this job. Yeah, no, no, I no. hired her. She's she's good, and like 
the interview we had to change the location of it yeah uh right before the interview and she did it and she was a beast about it and like we didn't have everything together because of that and she handled it very well and she's a she's a gymnast a former competitive cheerleader girl's a beast like she's a winner so i'm like i would i want this girl to work with me because i know she's a winner and tara never said anything bad about her in the five years that they worked together mm. so like she's she's good for working um but yeah, like you, I was totally terrified to say something nice to yep. her about her makeup. No, don't compliment women. That's the week. That's that's the word of wisdom this week is that you do not compliment people. Never you tell them. Don't compliment. You know what? At this point, I don't want to be sexist. I'm sorry. Don't compliment anyone. Okay. On that note, night night. Well, bye bye. <laughs>